can we reconcile science with the Bible? What do we do with scientist claims about the climate, about the age of the earth, uh, about evolution? What is the real basis for their beliefs? What is the basis for Darwin's beliefs? Why does any of this matter? Why do Christians have to get Genesis 1 through 11 right to get any of the rest of it right? Uh, Ken Ham is back with us today, the CEO and founder of Answers in Genesis, to answer these questions for us. This is part two of our two-part conversation. We're going to get right into it, continuing an answer uh, from the end of yesterday's episode right at the top. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Alex. Allie at checkout. That's goodranchers.com, code Allie. You will find, Allie, people get pretty emotional about this issue of the age of the earth. Mm. They really get emotional about it because I, I, there's a lot of people, I even find the church, that will say, yeah, I don't believe in evolution, but, but the earth has to be millions of years old. We have been so indoctrinated by the secularists in millions of years, and I'll tell you why. It's like, I, I mean, I've seen Richard Dawkins when he's been told by someone that they don't believe in evolution and so on, and he'll mock them a little bit. But as soon as they say they don't believe in millions of years and they believe in thousands of years, I mean, it goes ballistic. And yeah. the reason is well, this. Yeah. Why is that? If they don't have their millions and billions of years, they can't postulate the idea of evolution. Hmm. Because if you've, got, if you've only got thousands of years, how do you try to come up with an idea of explaining how life arose unless it was created as the Bible says? Mm. And if the Bible's right, then God owns us because he created us. Then he sets the rules that marriage is one man and one woman, then abortion is murder. There's only two genders of humans. We're all one race. There aren't any different races. The implications are enormous. And... People want to be their own God, which is what Genesis 3.5 says. So therefore, they, they have to have their millions of years. See, how do you try to convince someone that a process that is impossible is probable? Hmm. Given enough time, anything happens. Because Darwin looked at the fact animals change. And they do. Dogs change into dogs. Mm-hmm. Cats change into cats. Mm-hmm. But given enough time, that and those changes just represent the genetic diversity God built in our DNA. But Darwin, did, he didn't understand genetics, but Darwin looked at changes and like, like those, you know, those finches, the Galapagos finches, the famous Darwin's yes, finches? Yes, What do they find? Finches with big beaks, little beaks, medium-sized beaks. Finches are a little smaller, bigger, medium-sized. So what, 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 what they used to be? Finches. What are they? Finches. What will they be? Finches. That's just variation in finches and different species of finches. And they say, well, they came from the mainland and then, yeah, well, what happened? See, see parts of evolution in that sense are true, the parts that they, they can observe. Like what you call natural selection is actually true. It actually happens. So you can imagine with finches, you get all these variations. Some have smaller beaks, some have bigger beaks, like humans. Some have smaller beaks, some have bigger beaks. Uh, so... The smaller beak ones thrive on food here, but the bigger beak ones thrive on food over here as they separate out. And depending on which mates with which, you could get your different species because the information was already there in the genes. 
That's called natural selection. That's how you get these different species. But Darwin said, given enough time, as these, ty- as these changes continue, one kind will change into another. That's mm. what's impossible. That's what you don't see. Yeah, and so that's the evolutionist, and this is probably just like an, an ignorant question because I don't know enough about it, but they do believe that from the time of you know the Big Bang or whatever they want to call it, we all evolved from basically like a tadpole-like creature, correct? Or stardust, and then like the tadpole-like creature, right? I mean, that's pretty fantastical, and yet, of course, they think it's very scientific. Yeah, well, it's interesting. When I debated Bill Nye, first of all, one of the questions at the end by a 10-year-old boy was, where did matter come from? Yeah. And he says, I don't know, it's a mystery. (laughs) And I said, well, Bill, we have a book that tells us where matter came from. In the beginning, God created. See, People who, who are atheists mock at us as Christians for believing in an eternal God. What do they believe in, eternal matter? Yeah, right. Right? Why is there anything? Why is there space? Why is there matter? Why is there energy? The laws of nature the, the, that, that we all operate by, the laws of mathematics, the laws of chemistry, they're immaterial. Hmm. They're not material. Evolutionists uh, are claiming that everything is basically material, but we've got immaterial laws. And they, they stay constant. Where'd they come from? Why should they even, even be there? And so they believe that somehow matter existed, and then somehow there's this Big Bang. And you're right. They believe we all came from stardust. They actually say that. Mm-hmm. And so somehow the Earth eventually forms, and then somehow we get water, and somehow <laughs> matter produces life, yeah. which just sounds like, oh, well, maybe matter produced life. Life is built on information and code systems. Yeah. DNA is like a library of books, and there's a code system to read the information. We've never seen matter produce one bit of information. We, matter can't produce a code. Life has zillions of bits of information. I mean, mm. evolution is impossible. And then they say... Somehow, life arose in, in the oceans. Somehow, then more and more new information gets put into the DNA, so it crawls out on the land. Over millions of years, there's more and more information added. We've never seen matter produce one bit and produces all these different kinds until eventually here we are sitting in a studio mm-hmm. talking. Okay, let me tell you about Seven Weeks Coffee. Their mission is to promote godly values, provide excellent coffee, and protect every beating heart. The reason why they called their company Seven Weeks Coffee is because at Seven Weeks Gestation, that baby is the size of a coffee bean, and they really care about protecting these pre-born children. That's why they donate 10%. 10% of every sale to pregnancy centers uh, across America, a significant portion of their profits. They have raised over $100,000 in their first year. They are now supporting over 500 pregnancy centers. This is a way to spend your money wisely, give up Starbucks. They're spending money on activism that is directly up fighting against the values that we hold dear. Instead, support Seven Weeks Coffee. Plus, their coffee is really good. We drink it in our house and we absolutely love it. It's organically farmed, pesticide-free, mold-free. Go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Use code Allie at checkout for 10% off your order. Sevenweekscoffee.com, code Allie. Sevenweekscoffee.com, code Allie. 
And what's their explanation for why eventually this evolution stopped? Like, obviously, they're still monkeys, and so they didn't all evolve into to humans, and we're not going to turn into another species. So what do they say to that? Okay, so they'll say a number of things, right? Uh, first of all, they say, we didn't evolve from apes. Oh, okay. They say, apes and humans evolved from a common ancestor, mm, okay. which when you ask what it looked like, they draw an ape. But... <laughs> They say that we come from a common ancestor. So, okay, uh, do they believe that man continues to evolve? Yes, they do believe man continues to evolve. In fact, if you think about what we said about Margaret Sanger uh, and Hitler, they believe that we can continue to evolve and we can now control our own mm, evolution and make, right. thing, make things Master better. Master race. And, yeah. you know, ultimately, you, you know, here's what's fascinating. Ultimately, what do the secularists believe? Ultimately, the whole universe goes away, dies, dies a heat death. Everything runs down. And so we'll all disappear anyway. So life is totally meaningless and purposelessness. So what's the point? You know, I, I said to Bill Nye, what happens when you die, Bill? He says, when you die, you're done. I said, well, if, when you die, you're done. You won't even know you were here, right? No. You won't know anything ever existed. You won't even know you existed. Well, what's the point of fighting creationists? Why does it even matter? Yeah. Except it's a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. because underneath they right. know. And that's what I was going to ask, is that if they believe that basically disaster, destruction is inevitable and that nothing really matters. I mean, they, they talk about babies in the womb being clumps of cells, but really what they believe is that everyone is just clumps of yep, cells. Exactly. We're all just yep. clumps of mm -hmm. matter without any real meaning. That also goes back to why they believe you can change your gender, because there's no telos of the body. There's right. no creator that gave us any purpose. But I wonder... As you asked, why? Like, why do they say they need to fight climate change? Why do they say they need to push for things like inclusiveness and all of that? If it really doesn't and, matter, why? And why does it matter if a Christian believes what they believe? You know, I've, um, it, it's like, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to some of these sorts of people, um, and, you know, I've spoken to people who come up to me and said, well, I believe in, in gay marriage. Say, so, okay, he said, what, well, what do you believe? And I say, well, I'm a Christian, I start from the Bible, and then they say, well, I don't believe the Bible, so don't give me that stuff. So I say, but I do believe the Bible. I'm a Christian. So let me ask you a question. What do you believe? Why do you believe the Bible is wrong? Tell me, why do you believe in right and wrong? Or do you believe in right and wrong? Can anyone else have the same right and wrong as you? Or should they? Should you determine that their right and wrong is the same as yours? Or how do you decide that? And if everything's subjective, then what if people say types like you, we don't like, we're going to eliminate you. Do they have a right to do that? If not, why not? I mean, where, where are you going to draw the line here? And you see, that's the point. Non-Christians can never be consistent when talking about morality, ever. Mm -hmm. They can't be because they're going to talk about something good or something bad or what's right or whatever, and it's all subjective. Yeah. It, they they have no absolute basis for it. And mm -hmm. and so in, in, in the long run, it's all purposeless, it's meaningless, and that's why society will collapse mm -hmm. as they continue to propagate their their information and, yeah. and, and to be able to indoctrinate all these younger generations who'll start to realize what what's the purpose of all this? And yeah. what why not end it now and get it over and done with instead of suffering here and mm -hmm. and so that's what happens. That's what it leads to. Absolutely. I think the first time I thought about what you're talking about is when I read Mere Christianity in high school. 
And he talks about the same thing, that those who say that they don't believe in any kind of an objective right and wrong, that it's cultural relativism, Mm -hmm. or even on an individual basis, that people decide what's right for them, people decide what a woman is, people Mm -hmm. decide what they identify as. And he talks about how everyone, whether they say so or not, they do believe in objective reality. Mm -hmm. If I drew a picture, I can't draw, but if I could draw, and I said, this is New York City, but it looks nothing like New York City, it looked like Kansas City. Someone who's been to New York City would say, that's not New York City. And then they maybe they would see a picture of Times Square and say, that does look like New York City. So what you're admitting is that there is an objective truth and right. some things are closer to that objective truth than not. And it's not just true in the material world, it's also true in the moral world. And everyone knows it. You won't find many atheists today who will say, Nazism was right for them, right. but it's not right for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never gotten an atheist, and I have atheists on this show. That's the question I want to ask. Like, why do you think some things are wrong? Mm-hmm. What makes it wrong? I've never, ever, ever gotten a solid answer. Be- because they can't, they can't be consistent with their atheism. That, that's the bottom line. Uh, because, you know, it, and there's another aspect to it, and that is that Romans 2 tells us the law is written on our hearts. Mm. We have a conscience, and so we know. Now, what the evolutionists will say is evolution evolved some sort of conscience for us, so we inherently know what's right and what's wrong. But wait a minute, if it happened by chance, random processes, how can you trust that anyway? You can't trust it, because how do you know it evolved the right way? How do you know, therefore, it's the right uh, conscience or, or the right morality. You don't know that, and that's just your subjective statement anyway. And so it it, it all becomes ridiculous. It's all insanity in the long run uh, as you think about it. The only, the only thing that makes sense ultimately is there's a God who created everything, and it's the God of the Bible. He's given us that history in there to tell us who we are, where we came from, what our problem is, what the solution is, uh, and that's really what it's all about. And that's what they want to reject. And, you know, uh, Ali, as I've looked at even the emotionalism in regard to the abortion uh, movement and so on, it, it really comes down to people who want to justify doing whatever they want with sex. They want to justify doing anything they want, everything right in their own eyes, and get rid of the consequences and uh, be able to be their own God. That's really what's going on. That's really why yeah. uh, they're so emotional about it. And it's yeah. part of their rebellion against God. Okay, a break to tell y'all about Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is American meat delivered right to your front door. So my recommendation is that you subscribe to Good Ranchers. You get a box of American meat shipped to your house once a month. It's craft beef. It's better than organic chicken, pre-marinated, non-pre-marinated. You can get seafood if you want to. There's all different kinds of options. It just makes your life easier. But if you just want to get a box of meat and you just want to test it out to see if it's right for your family, or maybe you're giving it as a gift. That's still a really good option for every box that you order. For every box ordered, Good Ranchers donates 10 meals to families in need. They've donated over 1 million meals to Americans in need. That's because Good Ranchers is a great company. Not only do they have high quality American products all coming from American farms and ranchers. Not only do they make your life easier, more convenient, and give you a sense of security by filling your freezer with quality meat, but they're also 
Christians who love God and really want to glorify God with how they lead their company, one way that they do that is helping those who are in need. And your purchase of just one box of Good Ranchers allows them to do that. So lots and lots of reasons to buy your meat from Good Ranchers. This is a really great one. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout for $30 off your order. GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. And that's why something like the theory of the Earth being millions of years old and the Big Bang, that's why they've been able to get away with this. You so powerfully uh, just outlined for us that somehow this happened, somehow this happened. It's like, how does uh, an idea, a belief system based on so many somehows reach a place of prominence and influence and sophistication so that if anyone doesn't believe that, they're seen as kind of stupid barbarians. And you know, the only answer to that is it's a spiritual issue. Exactly. Because the Bible says there's more in the broad way than the narrow way. Men love the darkness rather than light. And so they don't want the truth. Mm -hmm. The God of this world has blinded the eyes of them which believe not. And that's what the scripture says. It's a blindness. You know, as I look at some of the decisions being made, even by our politicians and that now, and, and it's, it's so illogical. It doesn't even make sense. And you say, how, how could they be so illogical? I believe it's their hardened heart. It's like Pharaoh. You know, as Moses came to Pharaoh and, and did these miracles before Pharaoh that God enabled him to do, because God was doing the miracle, of course. And he saw this happen. And... And, you know, even, even his magicians tried to copy some of them, but then they, they couldn't do the others. And then, what does the Bible say? God hardened Pharaoh's heart. In other words, he just, he just refused. Think about the New Testament. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, the, the religious leaders were so angry, they wanted to kill Lazarus and get rid of the evidence. <laughs> That's what they wanted to do. Or the man that was blind that was healed, they wouldn't believe him. He said, but he healed me and uh, it wouldn't believe him. You know, that's what people are like today because people have said to me, if you're saying the evidence for the flood is so overwhelming, the evidence for creation from DNA is so overwhelming, why don't the majority believe it? Because they don't want to believe it. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual issue. It, it, it means then there's a God who made them, who owns them, who sets the rules. We are in rebellion against a God. We are not neutral beings. Yeah. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, the scripture says. We're biased against God, so we don't want the truth. That's what you've got to remember. I mean, the, the world tries to, to make out people are neutral. Atheists try to make out they're neutral. They don't have a religion. Right. They have a religion. They have a worldview. They have a belief system. It's naturalism. Naturalism is a religion. They don't want to admit that, but they do. And we have mm -hmm. to explain that to people. Mm -hmm. I guess it goes all the way back to the garden. We could ask the same question about Adam and Eve. I mean, they, uh, I mean, they saw firsthand God's creation. They had absolutely everything. They didn't even have the problem that we have today of what is a good God allow evil to happen. They didn't even have to worry about all of those apologetics, you know, issues that we go through today. And still, they wanted to worship the God of self. Still, they wanted power themselves. And that was the temptation of the devil. You will be like God, mm -hmm. right? But there's, there's something else there that I think is intriguing because 
What God said was, Adam, you can eat of all the trees. There's only one not to eat of, because if you do, you surely die. In other words, obey God's word. And the devil comes along, oh, no, you trust yourself. You be your own God. Yes. Right? Did yes. God really say? So man's word. Now, here's what happened, if you think about it. They looked at the fruit, which they said was good to look at. In other words, they looked at the evidence and interpreted it as good to look at, because the devil said, you know, you can eat the fruit. Instead of saying, wait a minute, God's word says, no, I've got the wrong interpretation of the evidence. Now, what are people doing today? The, the evidence is, is evolution and millions of years, and they're interpreting this evidence, and they're looking at that and saying, okay, well, we need to take that and we'll change what God's word said. Instead of, no, God says he made everything in six days, and he says there was a global flood. No, therefore, that interpretation must be wrong. And if you, if you think about it, we have that nature of mm -hmm. Adam because mm -hmm. we sinned after the likeness of Adam, the scripture mm -hmm. says. We are more likely to succumb to man's interpretation of the evidence than trust the word of God. And yes. there's our problem. Yes. And it, everything that you just said reminds me of Romans 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Mm -hmm. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without, without excuse. excuse. And you know, another passage that connects with that really nicely is Second Peter 3 was talking about scoffers in the last days. It says they reject creation, they reject the flood, they reject coming judgment by fire. But it says this, they are willingly ignorant. In other words, it's a deliberate choice on their part to ignore the truth. Mm -hmm. Just like it says in Romans 1, they suppress the evidence. And it goes on to say they worship the creature rather than the creator, which is really what evolution is all about. Mm -hmm. And then God turns them over to their depraved natures. And then we see men lusting after men, women lusting after women. Romans 1 is a great description of our culture right now. Yes, it is. And it's also a good reminder that it was true 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the same thing, that when you deny the mm -hmm. one who created nature, you also deny your nature. Exactly. And you end up perverting it and inverting it. And that's why we have the chaos that we have today. That that's it. There's a bottom line. There, we solved the world's problems. Okay, guys, let me tell y'all about crowd health. Now, I don't need to tell you how complicated and what a headache health insurance is. Like, it feels like you're not even protected at all. You're paying all this money out of pocket, and you're like, what's even the point of having insurance? And with doctors' networks and with with the rising premiums and with the increased deductibles. I mean, it just really is such a hassle to even have health insurance, but you still need healthcare coverage. So if you wanna opt out of the complicated health insurance system and still make sure that your medical expenses are paid for, then you need to join CrowdHealth. It's not health insurance. CrowdHealth gives you the tools to negotiate and crowdfund your medical bills. You pay a $50 membership fee to get access to services like telemedicine, bill negotiation, you join the crowd, which is a group of members just like you who want to help pay for each other's unexpected 
medical events. It's time to opt out of restrictive health insurance plans and let the and let Crowd Health help fit your healthcare needs. Get started today for just $50 a month, insanely affordable. Use code Allie to get the healthcare you deserve. Crowd Health is not insurance. You can learn more at joincrowdhealth.com. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code Allie. Joincrowdhealth.com, code Allie. this really answers the question that I'm about to ask, but I want to hear you talk about it more is you've called for a reformation, but that a reformation, a reformation is, as you've outlined always is about ensuring that we are sticking to the authority of the infallible word of God in how we operate as Christians and how we operate as a church. And you argue that any reformation to be effective right now has to go back to Genesis chapters one through 11. We've really spent the last hour explaining why that is, but if you can kind of summarize your argument, why is it so important for us to go back to the very beginning? You know, Ellie, if you look at, at our culture today, the issues that we see daily in the news, the moral issues, for instance, we, we're, we're seeing abortion, we're seeing the gender issues, transgender, LGBT issues, gay marriage, and so on. There's, there's racism, there's euthanasia, pedophilia raising its ugly head. There's all of, the, all of these things. And for a lot of Christians, because they haven't been taught to think correctly, foundationally, beginning in Genesis, they look at all that and they say, how do we deal with all these problems? Right, it's overwhelming. I can't deal with with this problem and that problem. You got to deal with the abortion problem. There's too many problems to deal with. I don't know how to deal with them all. But here's the point: they're all the same problem. They're different symptoms of the problem. The problem is they have the wrong foundation of man's word. And when you build your thinking on man's word, your worldview is anything goes moral relativism. Mm -hmm. We decide what's right and what's wrong. Why not abortion? Why not euthanasia, change your gender, redefine marriage, whatever. So they're all symptoms of the wrong foundation. Now, if they're all the same problem, but different symptoms, that means they have the same solution. So what is the solution? The solution has always been the truth of God's word and the saving gospel. And God's word begins in Genesis 1 to 11 because Genesis 1 to 11 gives you the origin of marriage. See, you, you, you start thinking about it. Where's the origin of marriage? Genesis 1 to 11. Clothing. God gave clothes because of sin. Genesis 1 to 11. That's why humans wear clothes and animals don't. Uh, where's the origin of death? Genesis 1 to 11. Death was a penalty for sin. Uh, where is uh, the origin of the seven-day week? Genesis 1 to 11. Uh, that man has dominion over the creation, Genesis 1 to 11. That man has to work hard, earn your food in the sweat of your brow because of sin, Genesis 1 to 11. Why is Jesus called the last Adam, Genesis 1 to 11? Why did Jesus die on a cross, Genesis 1 to 11? Ultimately, everything is founded in Genesis 1 to 11. So if a Christian wants to deal with all these issues of the day, they have to understand that until someone believes the right history, the right foundation, beginning in God's word, beginning in Genesis, they're not going to change their worldview up here. Mm -hmm. And so the real battle is down here. The trouble is much of the church hasn't taught Genesis 1 to 11 as literal history. Mm -hmm. Much of the church has said it doesn't matter. It's too controversial. You can believe in evolution, millions of years, just trust Or it's it. just a you Sunday know? school lesson it's, that it's, we don't need yeah, to spend any more time Just a on. story. Just trust in Jesus. 
well, wait a minute, the message of Jesus, Christianity is based in history. And that history begins in Genesis 1 to 11, which is the foundational history for all your doctrine, for the gospel, for everything. And so I talk about the fact that, you know, we people today say we need revival in the church and so on. I don't believe you can have revival until you have a reformation, which means we've got to get back to mm. the authority of the word of God from the very beginning, mm-hmm. in Genesis 1 to 11, which is the foundation for everything, because if God's people do not th- do that, you don't have a foundation for the right worldview. You don't have the right foundation for people to have the right way of thinking. And so that's why it begins right there. Yeah. And, and which also means too, and, and I don't want people to get me wrong when I say this, but because I have some, some really good friends uh, who are in Washington, D.C., and I think of great Christian men like Mike Johnson, who's representative for Louisiana and who stands on the Word of God and so on, and there's a few of those, right? But it, we, we're not going to change things just by legislating morality. It, you can't change a system from the top down. It doesn't mean we shouldn't deal with these issues, but if we only deal with them at an issue level, it's not going to work. We have to deal with it at a foundational level. You know, when you're building a house, you've got to start from the foundation to build the house. And Christianity is like a house, and the foundation starts in Genesis 1 to 11 to build the walls and then build the roof, the whole structure, the whole worldview. And so if we as God's people don't go out there and proclaim the truth of God's word and see people trusting God's word from the very beginning and trusting in Christ for salvation, in the long run, you're not going to change the culture. Mm-hmm. It really all goes back to the first verse. It does. God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. If you believe that, mm-hmm. if he's the creator of it, he's the authority over all of it. He defines all things. Mm-hmm. He says what's right and wrong, what's good and what's bad. Exactly. If you start with that, then we can figure, we can figure the rest out. If the first verse is not true, neither is the rest. And actually, if you wanted to go back, we could say everything's founded in the first verse. Yeah. <laughs> So, because really, in the beginning, God. Yeah. And it, it doesn't try to prove the existence of God. It just says God. He's there. Yeah. He's outside of time, an eternal God. And, of course, you know, that, the atheist will come back and say, well, who made God? Well, wait a minute. What do you believe in, eternal matter? Yeah. You know, I, I heard <laughs> right. Richard Dawkins one day saying, it's possible that there were aliens from another planet that came and seeded life on this planet. Yeah. Where'd they come from? Well, maybe other aliens seeded that planet. Where'd they come from? Maybe other aliens seeded that planet. I think they'd be happy to believe in eternal aliens, Mm -hmm. but not an eternal God. Yeah. Because if it's an eternal God, it's the God of the Bible, and he sets the rules. Mm -hmm. And he tells us we're a sinner, and we have a problem, and we need the solution in Jesus, and marriage is a man and a woman, and there's only two genders of humans, male and female. And you're not God. And, they understand and enough to know that God, they can't be, exactly. that individuals can't be God and God be God at the same time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I love, just to close it out, I love what you said at the very beginning. Why do we take Genesis literally? Why do we care about Genesis? Well, for a lot of reasons that you've outlined, but I love what you said because Jesus did. Matthew 19, we read it also John 1, that he is the word that is God and was there in the beginning with God. So we see that emphasized by Jesus's own life. And you know, when Jesus appeared to the two on the road to Emmaus and they didn't recognize him, 
uh, after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know what we then read? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them in all the scriptures concerning himself. And in John 5, we read, if you don't believe the writings of Moses, how can you believe in my words? Mm. So there's Jesus saying, you got to go back to the writings of Moses in the very first book in the writings yeah. of Moses is Genesis. Moses wrote Genesis, yes. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. This is very educational and edifying for me. I know it will be for my audience as well. Um, you obviously, you've got a lot going on. Is there anything new that people should know about in addition to all of the resources that you already provide? Well, um, you know, we have uh, a website, answersingenesis.org, and we have all sorts of resources in there and articles. If people have more questions, uh, go there. We have tens of thousands of articles, and most of their questions we've probably heard before. Uh, So just type in your question and get an answer. I love to be able to give people answers. That's why we're called Answers in Genesis. And by the way, the answers will always be in Genesis (laughs) because that's the foundation. So it's a great name for a ministry. But I encourage people to come and visit our Ark Encounter and Creation Museum. It's beautiful. Uh, Take your whole family to the Ark Encounter. 30% Thirty percent of those who come are non-Christians, really, and they, and they love it. Yeah, and these are you know world-class attractions. There's nothing else like. Them. We're finding more and more families saying to us, "We're not supporting woke places like, like Disney. Disney. Right? We want to come to Christian uh, attractions." And really, the Ark and the Creation Museum are the two leading Christian-themed attractions in the world. We keep adding things all the time. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, I encourage people to come and visit us. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for not just coming on, but for all the work that you've done and answering God's calling on your life for the past several decades. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. Okay, telling y'all again about Jace Medical. I'm so glad that they're a sponsor of the show because the the service that they provide is really unique. And I just knew when I talked to them that you guys, that you related bros and related bells, related gals out there, that you guys would really love this and really use it because it's it's important to provide for your family, obviously, to protect your family, but also to prepare for the future because we know that we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so we can do everything we can to try to steward the resources that we have well and to prepare as much as feasibly possible for future emergencies. One way to do that is to make sure that you have the uh, the medicine that you need to survive. And so Jace Medical can supply you through their telemedicine process process with a a year-long supply of needed antibiotics, various antibiotics that you might need if you or your family has an infection, and then also any prescription medications that you or your family takes. You'll get a year supply. Hopefully, you won't ever have to tap into this stuff, but if you do, if something happens with the supply chain, who knows, you will at least have this. So it's so much better to be safe than sorry. We don't want to mess around with our family's health. So go ahead, get your emergency supply from Jace Medical. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Use code Allie at checkout, jacemedical.com, code Allie. Hey guys, if you love this podcast, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks. 